Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. And then we're going to Malachi chapter 4, and we'll read verses 5 and 6. So the first verses we'll read is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. And the second series of verses will be from Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. One is in the New Testament, one is in the Old Testament. Matthew's in the beginning of the New Testament, and Malachi's at the end of the Old Testament. So the word of the Lord reads as follows in Matthew chapter 6. It says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. So in this manner, therefore pray. Pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So Jesus instructed us to pray to Almighty God using the term, Our Father. And in Malachi chapter 4, something very uh, important, very pivotal, and very interesting is discussed. The prophet is sharing, he's prophesying to the people, and he's saying, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So there was a pro- there's going to be a prophetic atmosphere and prophetic ministry that's going to be released and then he says this and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest I come and strike the earth with a curse so something having to do with fathers having to be present or not present literally either keeps a curse from coming coming or releases a curse on the land this issue of father and son. So it's a lot more important than what many realize. Now, Amanda was sharing something. She was saying how uh, somebody prophesied to her uh, that she was not supposed to go to the school. Let me make something very clear about the prophetic. Just because somebody comes to you and say, the Lord says to you, that does not mean that the Lord is saying anything to you. I believe in prophecy, but I also believe in the scripture. And the scripture has certain guidelines about prophecy. And the Bible makes it very clear, we are rightfully able to judge those prophecies. Number one. Number two, whenever God does indicate something to you in your future, and he chooses to use a vessel, he will always use two to three. It will never be one. Because everything God does through scripture, he says it will always be done in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So somebody comes to you and tells you something and it just goes totally against your spirit. You've got to check that, put it in the back of your head and ask God, God clarify this because so far to me it means a no. Because prophecy should always align first and foremost with the word of God. And number two, prophecy, all it does is it gets you in line with his will. So if you're seeking God and your spirit is sensitive to His will, if somebody comes to you and says something that's against the will of God, you'll sense it. So don't rush. I remember this one young man. He said, I want to get married with that lady. I want to get married with her. And we kept on telling her, no, you can't get married yet. You're not ready. They both came out of programs and they were both being detoxed and they were both going through a process. And they were both very... Uh, immature to say the least so they asked me I told them no they asked the other pastor they said no they asked the elder said no not yet 
take it easy. Give it some time. Then they run into this guy. Oh, yeah, the Lord says that you're to be married. You know, uh, God's with you and God's with this marriage. He got married because of that lone voice. A couple of, I would say, probably two months after, they were outside of the church. He literally had his hands on her neck trying to kill her. And we had to pull them apart because they were fighting so much. And that marriage, of course, didn't last at all. You understand? So in other words, be careful who speaks into your life. And never just take one word as gospel. Always seek um, con confirming it, judging the word, and seeking for other witnesses. All right? Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for your word. And once again, Abba, Father, we praise you. We're so grateful to you for your love, your grace, your tender mercies. Thank you, Father, that we've been born again by your spirit. And we now are your seed. We now are your children, and we can feel comforted in that, knowing that you're our Heavenly Father, and you're a good Father, and you love us, and you have uh, set our um, purpose, Lord, on this earth, and you grant us wisdom, you grant us relationship, you grant us, Lord God, uh, what we need on a daily basis. You, you, on a daily basis, you said pray that you would grant us the daily bread. So, Father, we thank you for daily bread. We thank you that you meet all of our need according to your riches and glory, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated, brethren. Praise God. So we celebrate fathers, but in order to be able to understand fathers, you have to go back to the source, the base. You know? Amen. amen. So the word Abba, father, or father in the original language, means source. Source, children's children. I'm sorry, children, please be dismissed. They're just standing waiting. Hello, hello. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Daddy, will you release me? You know? <laughs> well, the word Abba means source. It also means sustainer. Sustainer. So I, I respect mothers, but you have Mother's Day, right? So today, let me speak a little bit about fathers. No insult to moms. We know how important moms are, and I'm not denigrating moms at all. Let me, let me tell you something. Many times when dads are not there, moms are the ones that are mom and dad at the same time. Yes, yes. So, but today, let me just give you some principles about fatherhood so that you, you know, we can have that balanced approach. Um, and, and, and let me just say, there's an attack against fatherhood today. Yes, yes. There is an attack True. on men. Yes. Men today are being emasculated. The word emasculate is take away the ability to produce. Yes. Okay? Um, there's a strong move out there to try to almost sanitize the sexes. And this is not God's will. God did not create Adam and Adam, Eve and Eve. He created Adam and Eve. There were two distinct people, Amen. human beings. And not for nothing. We don't have to argue the point because a man looks like a man you know, a man looks like a man, yes. and a woman looks like a woman. Yes. There, there are parts that a man has and the parts that a woman has. It's clear. It's demarcated. But yet today, for whatever, no, I know the reason, there's an attack against fatherhood. Yes. And unfortunately, God made it very clear. If fathers aren't a, a present, there's going to be a curse that's released on the land. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we were just hearing just a little while ago how in the court system, most of the crimes and most of the issues where there's not enough provision happen to be either fatherlessness 
or maybe the father died early and, and, the, and the child didn't have that impact of that father in that home. Uh, all the reports that come out uh, on a national basis, uh, any child that has father and mother have much better advantages for the future and life in every way. And they, they tend to be more balanced. Having said that, you've got knuckleheads that they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. But the point is, is that they have a better chance at life, a better chance emotionally if Father is present there also. The highest honor that God bestows upon a man is the title of a father because that's what God calls himself. Father is the ultimate work for a man. So every man on earth has that, that blessing, that privilege, that opportunity to father other young men and young women, some by birth and some by relationship. So we have, you know, in my life, what my dad couldn't do for me at home, the spiritual fathers did for me in the church. When I was 15, I was really, I was uh, a statistic in the making. I was raised up in Harlem, a lot of hatred there, a lot of anger, uh, a lot of offense that I experienced as a young man. Uh, several times uh, I was beaten up to a point where very dangerously, other, other times I was threatened. Uh, I'm talking about danger, you know, in, in the late 60s, early 70s, with the savage nomads, the young lords, and, and, and that, I was, I was raised in that neighborhood. I knew these guys, you know, so, uh, and God, you know, kept me. At age 15, I came to the church, and it was these men, these strong men, uh, that helped me to, to screw my head on right, and the rest is history. I'm here today as a testament to my spiritual dads in church. Praise God for them. Amen. And of course, the spiritual moms that were there too. So the most important thing a man needs in his life is father. But Adam, unfortunately, he chose to break the relationship with Abba Father. He declared independence. And so what ended, ended up happening is all of his kids now fell into rebellion. One of the definitions of sin is rebellion against God. When you seek to become independent of Almighty God. That is a type of sin. So what happens is, we, be, because of the rebellion, we became fatherless children. We lost our connection with Abba. You see? And that's when everything becomes dicey. Because as I said before, you don't ask the church what's its purpose. You ask the creator of that chair what's his purpose. Chairman, not church. So this church has a purpose. But the creator is the one that knows the purpose, not the chair. So we human beings, when we don't have Abba, who created us, who are we going to ask? We're going to ask the gang member. Yes, right. We're going to ask uh, the college instructor. We're going to ask our friends. And everybody has an opinion. Believe me, everybody has an opinion. Problem is their opinion is wrong because they did not create you. Our Heavenly Father created us. Malachi chapter 4 has the prescription to save mankind, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Our first initiative is to get people connected back to Almighty God yes. as Heavenly Father. They know about God, but now they need to know Him as their own Heavenly Father. Praise God. Father is absolutely foundational. The word foundational, the Latin word, it comes to mean base or the bottom. That's what you build on. And when fathers are not there, what are we building on? Exactly. It's very hard to build a building if you didn't first dig deep, get rid of all the junk, and then pour cement down there, pillars, yes. infrastructure, a substratum, 
where then you could build a solid building upon. Jesus knew his identity. And he says, I and my father are one. He always lets me know what I'm, you know, to do here on earth. He had a very strong relationship with his heavenly father. So he says, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm coming from, where I come from. See? So part of our strength needs to be our connectivity with almighty God. So we can know where we come from and we can know where we're going. John 17. Jesus said, I don't pray for these alone, those that are with me, but also those who will believe in me through their word. In other words, the apostles were going to preach after Jesus went back to the Father, right? So he says, I pray for those that will believe in the words of the apostles. And that's including you and me. So this prayer is for you and me right now. And he says this, that they may be one as you, Father, and I, you're in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now, I learned in church, I don't know if you ever heard this, that God doesn't share his glory with anybody. Did you ever hear that? In churches, there is a false teaching that God doesn't share his glory with anyone. They, they take it from a, a, a verse in the Old Testament that God says he doesn't share his glory with another, nor with um, fallen idols. See, in other words, he doesn't share his glory with any other God or with fallen idols. They mistakenly thought that God doesn't share his glory with his children. No, he shares his glory, he shares his grace, he shares his love. He said it right here, the glory that you gave me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that word perfect means mature. And that the world may know that you have sent me. You ready for this one? You ready for this kicker? Are you ready? Yes. You got to be ready for this. You're not ready. Are you ready? You're still not ready. Are you ready? Yes. And that you love them as you have loved me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. I'm going to say it again because you didn't get it. Jesus is praying to the Father. The apostle is right next to him, writing down, remembering what he's praying. Later on, he puts it in pen so you and I can re- uh, read it, right? And he's saying to the Father, Jesus himself... God in the flesh is saying to the Father that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them just like you love me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You still didn't get it. Jesus revealed to us today that the same way God loves Jesus is the same way he loves us. How do you explain that? How do you explain agape? The word agape is the word love. But it's the highest level of love. It's a love that loves even when you don't deserve it. So say to your neighbor, Jesus, I mean, God the Father loves you like he loves Jesus. It's more than awesome. It, it's, it's almost unbelievable. If it wasn't in the scripture, I would refute it. I would re- reject it. I said, it's impossible. That's his only begotten son. But yet the Bible says that he loves us like he loves Jesus. You know why? Because he sees Jesus in us. Amen. Hallelujah. The problem today is that man has an identity problem. That's why so many look to gangs, to crazy things, 
to find their purpose and peace. You're not going to find it in a rock. You're not going to find it on earth. You're not going to find it in another man. You're not going to find it in a woman. There are different types of love. Now, relationships here on earth are important, but you're not going to find that Abba Father type of love in man. You're not going to find it in Pastor Victor. I am not capable of loving you the way God loves you, the way Heavenly Father loves you. So ultimately, the best job I can do is point you to Heavenly Father in the right way, in a pure way, where you could receive Him and embrace Him as your Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. The secret to our identity is knowing where we came from and where we're going to. So I think I'm making two points today. First point, we as fathers on earth need the Father's presence because when God made man, He placed them right in the middle of a place called Eden and that was the spot of His presence. So we need to get back to the presence of God. We're filling our eye gates and our ear gates with a lot of junk. That doesn't bring us to the presence of God. Worship brings us to the presence of God. His word brings us back to the presence of God. Hanging around other people that love God brings us to the presence of God, right? But what happens is we spend, I guess, six days um, sort of like feeding on another presence. And then we'll come here for two hours. And God forbid if it goes past one. We start losing it. Bless God, it takes too long in church. But meanwhile, you don't care if the movie's three hours long, right? You don't care if the game, uh, what do you call it, Halo? You don't care if you spend six hours on Halo. It doesn't make a difference, right? Or six weeks, exactly, exactly right. But the bottom line is, two hours in the presence of God? How about we should spend every day in the presence of God? For man to get screwed on the right way, for us to get back into our peace. In our flow, we need to understand that the presence of God, prayer, the Word of God, uh, being in church on Sundays, being at prayer on Wednesdays. By the way, on Wednesday, it's not just going to be a prayer service. I'm going to give you four vital points for your spiritual and and financial and personal um, faith level to rise this year. I'm going to give you four breakthrough points. And the only way you're going to get them, I'm not going to preach them on Sunday. You've got to show up on Wednesday. I said, I leave it there. Anything that doesn't help to cultivate God's presence around you helps to short circuit your purpose. That's why Amanda, she almost got short circuited when this guy said, Oh, it's not God's will for you to go to that school. See? Whenever you, you feel something moving you away from God, that's, that's, that's meant to short circuit you. You need to get closer to God. Yeah. Let, me tell, let me put it this way. When you sin, oh no, I'm a Christian, I don't sin. Liar, you sin. <laughs> we all sin. Yes, we all. But here's the difference. When we sin, the Holy Spirit jumps all over you. Yes, he really just moves on your heart and he brings conviction in your heart. Where you feel sorry and you're drawn back to God. And you ask, God, God forgive me. I love you and I don't want to do this to you, Right? It's the same thing. You married guys, right? You know, you guys have an argument. You and the wife. But you come back to each other. You're drawn to each other, even if you offend each other. Why? Because you love each other. Anything that draws you away from God, that gets you embarrassed or ashamed, and that you're not in the mood to 
go get close to God because of that situation, that's not, that's not God. That's not God drawing you. That's the enemy trying to pull you away from God. Amen. That's what the devil will do. He'll Amen. pull you away from his presence. The Holy Spirit will draw you to his presence. Amen. So that's how you can know. Because God gave man his presence. Almighty God, Almighty Abba, the power. He gave us the power of his presence. And guess what? He gave us the power of faith. To believe things that are impossible or seemingly impossible. And then he gave us the power of work to produce the seemingly impossible right here on earth. Impossible things can happen. Except for the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup. But that's another thing. And I digress. (laughs) Because that's over, right? But the bottom line is God gives us the power to do seemingly impossible things when we put our hands in line with our faith in Almighty God. God gave man his presence. Also, God gave us his DNA. So now we take it to another level because the DNA that God has is the DNA of a warrior. So you're a warrior. You're a fighter. The very godly nature you have is to make devils uh, run away, flee. Hallelujah. You're not a chicken, you're not a chump, you are a warrior. Somebody sets you a flight, you're going to fight. You're going to get up, you're going to put up your draw. Yeah, because you're you're, you're a spiritual warrior. But instead of using a knife or a gun, you use prayer, you use the word, you stand. Amen. With confidence. Because you are a warrior. You're a a son of a warrior. You're a daughter of a warrior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So, the Bible says we need to guard our heart today. And especially you fathers, guard your heart because the world needs you. And, and, and there's a spirit that's been released on this earth that's trying to kill the male. That's trying to kill masculinity. That's trying to kill the father. It's trying to neuter us. Yeah. The word neuter is a, a, an action where, where a man is disconnected and he cannot bring forth the seed for a future generation. You know there are horses that are, are, are made to breed and there are other horses like donkeys that cannot breed. They can work as much as you want them, but they can never breed. They can never produce a second generation. But yet every godly man is not only created to just birth, he's created to birth future godly generations. So I'm speaking to you, man of God. I'm pulling into your DNA right now. I am speaking to your future. And I am saying it's time you identify your future destroyer. Get rid of him because there's a future generation that depends on you, man of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God will do this. He does the enabling part. He gives us the DNA. Now we need to identify the image that God has given us because the image you have about yourself is probably wrong because the ones that gave it to you did not understand who you are because the DNA you have is that of a warrior hallelujah it's impossible for you to have a correct image of yourself without having an accurate picture of who the Lord Jesus Christ is let me tell you something about the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord Jesus Christ was not a wimp the Lord Jesus Christ was not that person that you see in many pictures a soft effeminate man My Jesus was a carpenter. My Jesus, if he were to slap you in the face, you were going down because he had carpenter hands. My Jesus was able to last in the desert 40 days where it gets 110 degrees in the day and 40 to 30 degrees at night. And he had to deal with scorpions and he didn't eat for 40 days. My Jesus was a warrior. 
Didn't mess with him. My Jesus one time, he saw money changers in the temple. And they were making business in the temple. And he went and he took out his belt. He said, aquí no se juega. En la iglesia no se juega. My Lord Jesus, in this church you don't play. He got out his belt and he belted them all out of there. And guess what? They all ran away. You didn't, now let me tell you if a wimp's going to do that. J Jesus didn't come to them and say, now you get out of there now. You get out. No, he didn't get it. He said, who in the world is messing in my father's house? My father's house shall be known as a house of prayer. Now you get out of here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. My, my Lord Jesus was not Mother Teresa with a beard. He was a man's man. And that's the DNA that you, O oh man of God, have. And the world is trying to take that away. It's almost like we get intimidated. The men are getting in the closet and the women are coming out. I'm telling you, let me tell you something. The ones that fight more now are women. I, I deal out there all the time. Now, I'm, not, I'm not speaking against you ladies. Hey, it's good. You, yeah, you fight your fight. You do what you need to do. But I'm concerned because the men now that you, you see them like this at work. Yeah, and the other day I had a lady, she came up to me, she started letting them, I went, I looked at her and said, huh? Yeah, I told her, I said, let me explain to you something. I could be your father. And I'm not cursing at you, so you should not be cursing at me. So a little more respect. Un poquito más respeto cuando usted habla conmigo. Okay? And she went. I'm sorry, I was just out of sorts, I, I had a bad day. I understand, how can I help you? But don't ever come that way again to me. Amen. When a man puts his foot down, you know, then he gets the respect. But the problem is the system is trying to emasculate men. So how are you going to be praying and go out there and fight the devil and, and, and declare your declarations, you know, and, and build in the kingdom of God, amen, and go into communities and eradicate all the nonsense and bring in righteousness if you're a wimp? If you don't have godly DNA. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody here today? Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Three times the enemy came to Jesus. Three times. He said, if you do this, if you worship me, I'll give you the nations. He says, get out of here. Get thee behind me. You don't understand my plan and purpose. I don't need you. I have the word. I have my heavenly father. I have all that I need. Well, if you're hungry... Just listen, man, angels could come and feed me. I'm not going to go for that nonsense. So I know who I am. I know where I come from. I know what I come here to do. And nobody's going to get at me out of my purpose. Amen. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste. Hallelujah. In the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, don't tell me Jesus was a wimp. Because in the garden of Gethsemane, he had the greatest attack where he had so much stress on him that he literally started bleeding from his forehead. There are cases of extreme stress where your capillaries burst and you start bleeding. That's the level of stress that Jesus had on the cross. I mean, on the Garden of Gethsemane before getting to the cross. He had the weight of the world on his shoulders. And even then, he didn't fold. Even then, he didn't buckle. Why? Because he was a man's man. He, he was a God man, a godly man. Hallelujah. Scriptures de depict Jesus as a strong man. But he was a controlled man. He didn't use his power to hurt or harm. He used his power to heal. His power to bless. But when, they, when people got out of order, he put them in, in place. Praise God. Because from time to time, he, didn't insult, he would insult the Pharisees. From time to time, he, one time he called them, you whited sepulchers, you. In other words, you're full of death. And you're the Pharisees. You're the ones that are supposed to teach the nation about me. You're full of death on the inside. One time he beat uh, people with, a, with a, a cat whip, right? One time 
he shut down a pig herder's business. Because some demons came at him. He says, demons, get, go, go, go to the pigs. And all the pigs went to the water. So poor pig owner. I just finished losing 25 pigs. What's going on here? <laughs> One time he challenged all the disciples. If you don't like what I'm saying, you can leave like they are. They, they're gonna, you want, and what the Peter says, where are we going to go? You're the one that has words of life. You're the one. You're the Messiah. It's okay. So come follow. Come follow. Stop complaining. See, he, 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 was, he was not a nice person, right? He was kind, but he was not. See, the difference between kind and nice is the nice person, you could do anything you want. You could push him, smack him. <laughs> but he was kind, but if you slapped him, that's it. You were going down. All right? Don't be slapping her. <laughs> she tried to see whether... <laughs> I'm not saying to try this. Don't try this at home, right? <laughs> Isaiah 42.13, the Bible says that God is a man of war. And the word man of war is Gabor. Jehovah Gabor, the Lord is mighty. A mighty man of war. You see? So when God gets involved, that's it. He's, he's going to fight. And that's our DNA, uh, not to give up, not to give in, but to stand. Having done all, stand. Praise God. Amen. The angel called Gideon a mighty man. He says, you are a mighty Gabor of valor. So that word Gabor that's on God also is upon us. So say to all men, that any man that you see here, you're a mighty man of war. You're a mighty man of war. Amen. <laughs> one time, one time, God told Job, Job who had been complaining because a lot of unfortunate, unfair situations fell upon him. You know the story, right? God shows up and Job realizes, oh my God, what have I done? I was speaking, not from knowledge, but from ignorance. You know what God told Job? Brace yourself as a man. And if you look at the word in the Old Testament, it's Gabor, as a fighting man, as, as a man that can take it. In other words, you're a man, take it. I shall question you and now you answer me, God told him. And you know, and you know what Job did? He fell on his feet, put his head to the ground and said, forgive me, Lord. I didn't know what I was saying. See, so God, he, he identifies with that man inside of you. But the problem is, society is trying to break down that man. But I'm here to stir you up. Come on, I want you to stir it up. See, it's only a man like that that's going to take that business to the next level. It's only a man like that that's not going to take the junk from, from people, but he'll do it in a righteous way. It's only a man like that, that that will open up a business that will glorify God. It's only a man like that that will build strong churches for community. Praise God. It's only a man like that that will fight for his family. Amen. There are men, you try to mess with their family, they'll stand up right in the way. They'll take the bullet. They'll do whatever it takes to protect their families. Why? They're Gibbors. They're men of war. Yes. And if you don't know that, you're going to fight for that gang. You know, you're going to go and shoot other kids all over the place because you don't understand that, that strength was not made to shoot kids in the communities. It was made to protect your family. Yes. You've got it. It's in, the, it's in the inside. It's just misguided. It's misguided. So we got to get back on track and know what that strength is for. It's to guide, guard, and protect. When a woman has a man that guide, guards, and protects, she'll fall in love with that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God said to love your wife as Christ loves the church. What does Christ do? He dies on the cross for the church. What does Christ do? He provides for the church. He speaks good things to the church. 
Praise God. So if you as a man, as a husband, you're providing for your wife, you're providing for your children, you're there, you're nurturing them, you're being the visionary, hey, you could submit to something like that. But when you get the spoiled young kids, all of what they want to do is play games all day long. They want to stay home. They don't want to work. As a matter of fact, they send the wife to work or something like that. You know, no, you, you got to be the man. Be the man. Hallelujah. So one time God told, or rather David told Solomon, be the man. First Kings chapter 2. You can read the whole chapter. Praise God. So God is still in the business of changing people. He changes their names. He changes their vision. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, the names were important. And you see how God would deal with men. He would deal with their future. And so he would change their perspective. And today I think I'm changing your perspective. I want you to see you the way God sees you. Because you're not a wimp. You're a warrior. You're, you're a world changer. Say to your neighbor, you're a world changer. Hallelujah. Amen. That's our true nature. Our godly DNA strand. Amen. Praise God. Is that good? Yes. And then the other thing is that Jesus is the express image of Almighty God. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, Verse 2 on, it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. I'm going to say that again. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Amen. Sustained all things by his powerful word. So Jesus, say with me, Jesus, Jesus. is the express image of the Father. Right? Okay. So... When we consider that he's the image, and Colossians 1.15 says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He's the image of God. Now, what does the word tell us? In Colossians 3, verse 10, put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the creator. So Jesus is the image of the Father, and now the Bible says, put on Jesus, Amen. who's the image of the Father. Come on. Amen. Amen. You know and I know, listen very carefully, that if you go to an operation, and if you have to receive somebody else's body part, if it doesn't match, it'll reject it. Isn't that true? Yes. Yet God is saying that we are to put on Jesus. How can we put on Jesus if we don't have the same DNA? Because if it's not the same DNA, our body will reject it. Amen, amen. So if the Bible's telling us to put it on, that means it could stay on. Yes, yes. Amen. Now, if, if you can put it on, that means that you have the same DNA strand. <laughs> so when you pray, you're working alongside of your DNA. 2 Peter 1.14, because of his glory and his excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you, say to enable you, you. this is for you, you. That enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So there is a nature that belongs to us, that was given to us by Almighty God. 
So that's why inside of us, we have that, that fight thing. That, that's why inside of us, we have this innate understanding, God's going to work this thing out. Because you have the same nature. And the more you put on Jesus, the more you start realizing, oh my God, my prayers move mountains. Oh, oh my God, my faith changes scenarios and situations. Amen. Hallelujah. My presence just showing up brings the presence of God because I'm part of his DNA. And the Holy Spirit, the, the, the spirit of the king lives within me. So therefore, as I bring that environment, as I bring that anointing, it, that's going to cause commotion wherever I go. And some people are going to love me because of it. Some people are going to hate me because of it. Just because they sense the presence. They don't exactly know what they're sensing. They just know that there's a presence there. You've got the DNA of the warrior inside of you. Amen. That means wherever you go, you bring the fight to the place. Yes, yes. You're not reacting. You are bringing the fight to the place. Right. And that's how you get confused many times because you're bringing the fight, but you don't fight. You bring the fight and you go, oh, I wish somebody would just pray for me. Because I... I, 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 I. Just bring the fight. Bring the prayer. Bring the declarations. Bring the change necessary. Yeah, but they won't understand. It doesn't make a difference when you speak to the powers and principalities that are controlling these people. They will start changing because the principalities will be rebuked and get out of there. And now they will be influenced with the environment that you're bringing in. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Then it says in Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, talking about us, Right? He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So Nate, you're being conformed to the image of his son. That's why you, you feel the beat down from time to time. Because God's knocking out all the stuff that doesn't belong to him. And he's inputting his stuff that belongs to him in you. So then you could bring his stuff to the rest of the world. So when you don't feel comfortable... You got to feel all right with that. Oh, I think God's working on something that doesn't belong to him. He wants to just kick it out. Right? And when you move to a place, to a new apartment, what do you have to wait for? You have to wait for the old tenants to be gone. Huh? You have to clear out before you get in. See? You clear out, clean up, and then move in. Right? Praise God. Well, that's, God, that's what God is doing. He's cleaning out all them devils that had affected us in the past. Cleaning out all that junk, all that bad thinking, all that failure mentality, all that poverty mentality, all that fear and that junk and that nonsense that have been in, put into you because of circumstances and situations and failures of the past. And now he's putting his holy stuff inside of you. Now he's putting his holy wisdom and understanding and peace and joy. And he's letting you know I created you for a purpose. I love you with an everlasting love. And I have determined to bless you and make you be a blessing in your time frame, in your generation, in your lifetime. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The DNA strand from God through Jesus made us complete. Now we can cooperate. We cooperate with God and we determine how much glory flows through us. How much of His Spirit flows through us. How much of His presence flows through us. That's why it's important to check your words, to check your conversation. I have to constantly check my conversation because I'm always tempted to say the wrong thing. Anybody here? <laughs> I'm always tempted to say the wrong thing. 
at work, when I deal with the knuckleheads, what I want to tell them is, shut up, get out of my office, please. I'll, at least I'll throw a please in there, right? But I can't do that. I have to be professional. And I have to go, I understand what you're saying. We'll address that right away. Thank you. Oh, make sure that you do. Says, yes, ma'am. We will take care of that. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good day. What I want to say is say, you see, the East River is two blocks away. I want you to walk in it and dunk at least seven times until you clean your filthy mouth out. <laughs> That's what I want to say, but I'm professional. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Here's that verse, Isaiah 42.8. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I will not give to another nor my praise to carved images. See, he was talking about these little gods that all these people worship. He was not talking to human beings. He doesn't share his glory with other gods because he's the only God. And he has an attitude about it. Amen. Yeah, he does. He has an attitude about I am God over the earth. Praise God. So 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, We're constantly being transformed from glory to glory to glory. I'm being transformed. Are you in pain right now? You're being transformed. <laughs> you know, are you going through frustration right now? You're being transformed. Hallelujah. You're going through a fight? That's okay. You're a warrior. Amen. How many of you know that a warrior was outfitted for, what do you call that place? So some, today, the arena. I like that. I like the word arena. Some people today would say the octagon. For you, for the combat sound. Well, the UFC would say the octagon, but I like arena because that's always been the, the generic term. But the warriors made for the arena. Why practice swords? Why practice the arts, the martial arts, if you're never going to use it? Right? Warrior doesn't practice so he can be home watching TV. Warrior practices because he knows he's going to face another warrior. Praise God. So you're warriors, and you're being outfitted for the war. And guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The Heavenly Father has already given you the victory. It's a fixed fight. Years ago, I said this to the congregation, but if you're new and you didn't hear it, I'll just share it briefly. Two champions fight 15 rounds. Well, today is 12 rounds, right? 12 rounds. I mean, they beat themselves to a pulp. And at the end of the 12 rounds, they're both standing. They're both bloodied. They're both tired, right? Now the referee goes, he's the champion. He wins. So they raise up his hand in victory. He's the champion, right? They're both warriors, but he's the champion. But guess what? I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says I'm not the conqueror. Jesus is the conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror because he fought for me. So watch this. Twelfth round. He raises up his hand. He wins. They give him now. It's not a million anymore. It's like 40 million, right? He has a lot of money they get now. They, they lose, they still get paid. But the, the, the warrior, the champion, he gets like 40 million dollars and the belt, right? Then he goes home and gives a 40 million dollar check to his wife. He's the conqueror, but she's more than a conqueror. Because <laughs> somebody else fought the battle for her. That's what Jesus did for us. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in closing, the Heavenly Father already set you up for victory. He loves you. 
He covers you with his love. He covers you with his grace. And for you fathers out there, you have the DNA of your heavenly father. You have the DNA of a warrior. You have a DNA to love and to protect and to nurture and, and to provide. Amen? So I want to tell you, I want to tell you this, in this issue of providing, there's a lot of war out there. There's a lot of competition. But your DNA of a warrior is going to put you on the top. I don't care if they're better qualified people than you, but God's going to bring you to the top. Because the Spirit's going to give you the wisdom. He's going to give you the, 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 the revelation that you need. Praise God. Because a man never gets what he wishes for. He only gets what he prepares for. What he lives for and what he trains for. Many men wish for stuff, but they don't get it. Only the men that train for it, prepare for it, and live for it, those are the ones that are the conquerors. So I do, do I have anybody here that's in training right now? Anybody here that's preparing right now? And anybody here that's preparing right now? That's what, that's what I'm talking about. It's not enough to just believe. The Bible says the demons believe also and they tremble. No, you have to believe and put your belief into action. Put some legs, put some hands on your belief and start working that thing out that God has called you for, that God has apprehended you to do. Amen? Amen. And you know why we say all of that? We say that because our father is a warrior. Amen. Come on, let's give him some praise. Amen. Warrior. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in this Father's Day, yes, let's celebrate Father's Day. Let's honor our wonderful fathers. What? I'm saying it's just hot here, that's all. And as we honor the fathers, let's honor our Heavenly Father. And let's remember what he has already done for us and what he continues to do for us. And if there's any son or daughter here that's been disconnected from Heavenly Father, you need to be reconnected. You know why? Because that connection is going to give you the lifeblood you need. It's going to give you the strength you need, the passion you need. Amen. It's going to give you everything you need because he created you. He is your source. He is your fountain of life. Praise God. So don't leave this place until you have that secure Amen. At the end of the service, we'll have some ministers here that can pray for you. Praise God. Just so you can make that reconnection. Just in case. Because you need to come out of here with that, you know, that connection in place. Amen. Amen. It's almost like I, I look at computers and uh, I'm always looking for Wi-Fi. Because I can't get my stuff unless I have that connection. I need to get the code. When I come here, do you have some free Wi-Fi? I ask them. Because that stuff activates me. And connects me to the world, right? Ah. So if we're stuck to that Holy Ghost Wi-Fi, I mean, I, I mean that's like so... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, I'm talking to the younger generation, I guess. But you see, if you... <laughs> I, I don't know where these things come from sometimes. Exactly, amen. So if you, you have to connect to what the Lord is saying. If you're connected, then you'll be able to flow with Him. If you're disconnected, then you've got to seek why you're disconnected and get reconnected as quick as possible because there's so much download that the Holy Spirit wants to give you today. <laughs>